This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Webster's Dictionary defines the word reputation as follows. The estimation in which a person or thing is commonly held, whether favorable or not. Character in the view of the public, the community, etc., So, according to Webster's, a reputation is something we all have, good, bad, or indifferent. There are those individuals who prize their good reputation so highly, they would do anything to protect it. Tonight, our story deals with just such a circumstance. But as usual, the story may take an unexpected turn. I'll be back to introduce you to Raymond Porter Canfield, who has chosen to take this unusual opportunity for his confession. In our story titled... Latent image. And now, Raymond Porter Canfield, one of America's foremost painters for the last 20 years. Yes, well, yes, I'm Raymond Canfield. I want to emphasize, first of all, that none of this would have happened if I hadn't been conditioned by my profession to notice people. I'm not a landscape painter, I deal in humanity. What I try to express through the features of my subjects on canvas is a complete gamut of emotion, the whole human condition. So I'm always looking at people, studying them. That's what I was doing on September the 4th last fall as I was riding the subway down from the Bronx into Manhattan for an appointment I had with a fellow in Greenwich Village. That's when I saw her. She was huddled up near the doorway in a gray raincoat. I couldn't decide whether she was in her 20s or 30s or 40s, but... She had a wistful expression, perfect cheekbone structure, large eyes, no makeup. Exactly the type I needed for a series of illustrations. The work was overdue, just waiting for the right model. And here she was, ten feet away in a subway car. I got up and walked over to where she was sitting, took off my hat, and tried to look fatherly and respectful. Madam, uh, excuse me. You talking to me? Yes, I hope you'll pardon me, but I noticed you. I'm an artist, Raymond Porter Canfield. 
No, the name doesn't ring a bell, I see. Well, look, here's my card. Take it, please. No, thanks. I'm not trying to pick you up. It happens that I'm doing a series of illustrations for American Library Condensed Books, and I'm looking for someone with your facial features as a model. I assure you, it's all perfectly legitimate. Yes, I'm sure it is. If uh, you'll take my card, you could reach me at that telephone number. If you're interested. If you're not, well, I understand. Are you for real? Yes, I am. I mean... Well, you just can't be too careful these days. Of course, you're perfectly right to be very careful. Well, all right. You can sit down. Yeah, thank you. You really want to paint me? That's right. But why me? Well, as I said, I visualize the girl in the book as looking exactly like you. <laughs> Plain Jane, huh? Not at all. She's a woman with a certain sadness in her eyes, but a lot of strength deep down inside. And I think you are that girl. Well, this... This can't be happening to me. You paint illustrations for books? Yes. I, I must have seen your paintings then. I live in books. You live in books? That's all I do. I read. That's my life. Well, that's interesting. What's your name? Annette. Annette? Annette, uh, Gray. Oh, Annette Gray. Yes. Well, I'm delighted to meet you, Annette. May I call you Annette? Yes, I guess so. Well, will you take my card now? Oh, sure. Uh, that's uh, my address there. It's in the Bronx. My studio is my home. Oh, don't be afraid. Look, I'll tell you what. Bring anyone you like to uh, chaperone. Uh, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't come to you. Oh? N no. Why not? I... I couldn't get out. I don't think I understand. No, I... I just couldn't. I I'm sorry. I... I would have liked to. I'd have loved to, but... Well, all right. All I need to do is make several pencil sketches. I could do that anywhere, I suppose. Oh, no. No, I... Oh, here's my stuff. Uh, but you won't... Uh... I'm sorry, Mr. Canfield. She was up and out of the car before I could say another word. Of course, I never expected to hear from her again. But that night, I did. Hello? Mr. Canfield? Yes? This is Annette. Annette, bless your heart. You kept my card and you've changed your mind. No. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, can you speak a little louder? No. Is something the matter? No, I just... I'm not supposed to be on the phone. Annette, where are you phoning from? From home. Listen, maybe I could see you tomorrow? How, how long would we be? Well, there are several poses I'd like to sketch. I'd say... Four hours. Oh. Then I, I, I couldn't do it. Oh, no, not all at one time, necessarily. Mm, Annette, how long could you give me tomorrow? An hour? Fine, fine. An hour will be fine. At uh, what time? Let's see. 2.30? All right. Will you have any trouble finding my address? Uh, no, no. I'll, I'll take a cab from, from where I'll be. Fine, fine. I'll pay the fare. Oh, and uh, speaking of that, we'll... Um, $10 an hour be all right? 
Yes. Yes, that'll be fine. I'll see you tomorrow at 2.30. Strange, strange girl. Woman? Girl? I couldn't tell. But I don't mind telling you, I had a strange, uneasy feeling as I prepared for her sitting the next day. She was like a will-o'-the-wisp flitting in and out of my mind. I couldn't be sure I'd ever really seen her or talked to her. But just after 2.30 the next afternoon, September 5th, my doorbell rang. Hello. Ah, come in, come in. You came alone. Oh, yes. Now, Annette, I've got to get you to trust me. You're frightened, aren't you? But not of you. I I haven't got much time, is all. All right, all right. We'll get right to it. Come on, I'll show you my studio, such as it is. I posed her in a chair and began with facial sketches. Her large eyes were luminous with the sadness that never left them. I adjusted the lights until I had the shadows playing beneath her high cheekbones. And it was then, I suppose, that it dawned on me that this woman emerging on my paper was beautiful. I tried a second pose. But suddenly the hour was up and I realized that I'd dawdled over the sketch pad, stalling, trying to keep her from leaving. But it was no use. I have to go. Yes, yes. Now, look, Annette, uh, can you come tomorrow? I, I don't know. Well, will you try? Yes. Oh, oh, uh, here, here's your pay. Thank you. Uh, let me call you a cab. No. No, I'll, I'll find one. That's all right. Annette, will you come tomorrow? I, I don't know. Really. But I'll try. I watched as she walked down the steps to the sidewalk. And suddenly I knew, as you must have guessed by now, that I had fallen in love with her. And I couldn't bear the thought that she might never come back. So I grabbed a coat and slipped out of the house and followed her. Yes, like an old fool, you may say, but I did it. I had to know more about her. She walked to a taxi stand, and thank God there was a second empty cab behind the one she took. She went to the subway, and I got on in the crowd without her seeing me. She rode on into Manhattan, got off at 85th. I followed her. She walked up to East 81st. The drizzling rain had started, and I wasn't dressed for it. But I kept behind her until she finally turned into a huge old brownstone that progress had somehow left behind. She stood at the top step for a minute. And then the door opened and an older woman stood in the doorway. She was angry. I could see that from where I stood down on the walk. And then suddenly the older woman grabbed Annette and yanked her inside, almost pulling her off her feet. That did it. I bounded up the steps to the front door and began pounding the door with all my might. door opened. There stood the same woman I'd seen a moment before. She was stout, big-framed, and stood there with her feet apart and glared at me without saying a word. Uh, uh, look, I, I want to talk with Miss Gray. Who? Annette Gray. Now, look, I know she's in there. I just watched you drag her through this door. Miss Gray? <laughs> and who are you? My name is Canfield. Now, let me speak with Miss Gray. What's your business with her? I, I want to talk to her, that's all. Oh, you do? And you call her Miss Gray? Yes. Well, well, well. All right. Wait here. Annette, you've got a visitor. Who is it? Says his name's Canfield. Canfield? Oh? Yes? 
Annette, I... Do you know this man, Annette? Why, no, Adibet. Well, he seems to think he knows you. But he calls you Annette Gray. I'm sorry. I've never seen him before in my life. The artist Raymond Porter Canfield continues his story. I was standing there at the door hearing Annette lie to the woman she called Auntie Bet. Lie as placidly as if it was second nature. For a crazy moment, I thought I had imagined the hour in my studio, the encounter on the subway. But it was all true. Only for some reason, Annette was play-acting. I concluded that she must be in some sort of danger. And if she was, my visit was only placing her all the more in jeopardy. Uh, look, uh, I've made some kind of stupid mistake. I uh, I thought I was one place, and obviously I'm at another. I'm awfully sorry. Ladies, if you'll excuse me, I shouldn't have bothered you. Hmm. I walked in the rain trying to sort it all out. Obviously, Annette had given me a false last name. And clearly she had disobeyed her aunt by being out. And yet, Annette, or whoever she was, was an adult. Old enough to do as she pleased. Who was she? And why was she denying she knew me? I had to know the answers. But now I was afraid she'd never come back for another sitting and I'd lose her forever. So I, I shaped a plan. I found a cab and had him take me first to the clothiers where I bought a raincoat and hat. Then to a car rental agency. Praying Annette hadn't left the old brownstone while I'd been gone, I raced through traffic back to East 81st and parked across the street from her house. Sooner or later, she'd be coming out, and when she did, I had to get to her. Darkness swallowed the city, but still I stayed, cursing the fool that I was, clinging to the hope that now the night would bring us together. But it grew later and later, and then the lights in the old mansion blinked off. Uh, hopeless. My heart lay like ashes. And I saw myself at the romantic idiot my imagination made me. I reached for the key to start the car, when suddenly I, I saw movement at the door to the brownstone. The door was closing, and down the steps crept a figure, a young woman. She hesitated, then dashed across the street and around to the right-hand door of the car. Annette, Annette, get in! How did you know I was out here? I've been watching from my room. Annette... This afternoon, I shouldn't have followed you, but I had to. Can you understand that? I... I think so. I've gotten you into trouble, haven't I? With your aunt? No. No, it, it wasn't your fault. Oh, what is it, Annette? What's the reason for... For my lying about my name? Or for the way she treats me? Or for my lying when I said I didn't know you? Yes, you must be pretty mixed up. But just remember, you you came to me. I know, I know. I've brought something terrible down on you. Now that I've done it, I have to know. I have to know what I've done. Yesterday, when you saw me for the first time, I was on my way home from seeing... from seeing a doctor. You're sick? What's wrong? <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm not sick. Anyway, that's where I was today, too. Or supposed to be. But instead, I... I came to see you. You 
Skipped your doctor's appointment to keep ours. Oh, Lord, Annette, what have I made you do? I'm not sick. But then your aunt, did she find out? Yes. She found out I didn't see the doctor. His receptionist called. Ah, so you lied to protect me. But there was no reason to mix you up in it. But why did you protect me? Why, Annette? Annette, forgive me for this if you can. I know you hardly know me and all that, but... No, don't go any further. I have to. It's like in a book. This isn't fiction. This is real. I love you, Annette. I love you, and whatever trouble you're in, I want to share it. Oh, no, just... just let me go. I, I don't belong out here. I... I have to go back. Annette, you don't have to go back. You can stay with me. Look, don't you see? You don't have to live in books under the thumb of your aunt. I have more than I'll ever need. I have nobody to share with. I'm talking about marriage, Annette. I love you. What do you owe your aunt? She's not my aunt. What? She's my mother. But she doesn't think I know that. She told me my parents were killed in an accident. But I found out. He wasn't killed. He never bothered to marry her. And when I was born... She gave up everything to keep me. Look, it doesn't matter now. You're a full-grown woman. You don't owe her your whole life. No one can take that from you. You have freedom to live as you want. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? You're playing Pygmalion. You want to take the plain, shy, little illegitimate wallflower and, and turn her into some dazzling... Be still. Annette, you go across the street and pack a bag. Just the necessities. I'm taking you away from here tonight. Come on. I'm going in with you. No, no. She, she won't let me go. Oh, how she... can she stop you? Come on. I, I just don't think it'll work. You've been a prisoner in this old brick pile too long already. Oh, look, I know you're trying to be kind to me, but... Kind to you? Haven't you heard a word I've said? Wait, wait. Now, before we open this door, I want to say it to you again. Annette, I love you. Do you hear me? I hear you. I just... I never thought I'd ever hear anyone say that to me. Well, well, well. Hattie Betts. Uh, come inside. I have a reputation to look out for, Mr. Kahnfield, even if you don't care about yours. Well, I uh, happen to care a great deal about my reputation, madam. But I care even more about human values. About... Annette. She's told me everything. Oh, she has? Yes. Oh, no, no, I think don't. it's time she heard it, my dear. Now, Mrs. or Miss, whoever you are, Annette knows you're not her aunt. Oh, no. In fact, she knows the whole tawdry story. And now, so do I. <laughs> oh, you, you find it humorous now, do you? Let me tell you something. If you are this girl's mother, you owe her something of life besides keeping her a prisoner and forcing her to live out of books. I love this girl. Annette and I are going to be married. Go on up to your room and pack, Annette. Now. Stay here, Annette. You won't need to pack anything. Obviously, you're not going to marry Mr. Canfield. I think that's her decision to make. Oh. 
It's a very gallant gesture. Gallantry has nothing to do with it. You mean you didn't know she's pregnant? No. No. Then that's why the doctor... (laughs) You see, Annette hasn't spent all her time living in books, Mr. Confield. Well, that, uh, that, that doesn't matter. If you'll have me, Annette, if you'll have me, I want to marry you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I know she doesn't love me now, but she could learn to love me. You fool. Will you stop babbling about love? What do you know about it? Does it mean something to you now? Now that you're into your old age? What do you mean? Well, it didn't mean much to you as a struggling art student in Paris in 1948. Paris? 1948? You've forgotten... Of course you've forgotten. Bettina was only one of your flames. Poor Bettina. A clumsy peasant girl. Oh, please, Annie Beth, no more. Annie Beth, Annie Beth. Bettina? You? You were Bettina? Now, now do you see why I lied about my last name? My last name... Is Canfield. Or should have been. If you had cared about my reputation, if you had cared to marry me in 1948 and give me your name, Raymond Canfield, meet your daughter. What's the matter? Don't you like this family reunion? Latent Image featured Douglas Young, Pat French, and Lee Posh, and was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, inviting you to join us next week for Crisis.